Hello and welcome to the Bucket Bliss Podcast. I'm Steven Swenson, CEO and founder of Bucket Bliss. Every week, as you know, I want to give you some tips to increase your productivity, grow your business, and become the best advisor that you can as you create a life of bliss for both you and your clients. So with a, uh, with a new president looking at us and a new year just around the corner, I wanted to touch on some of the discussion points that I'm having with clients and advisors across the country every day. Every time I turn on CNBC or Bloomberg, the Dow has hit an all-time high. And that obviously is something that my clients are seeing. There's something That's something that your clients are seeing, and it creates questions as to whether or not they should be in the market, out of the market, in the market as they are, uh, in the market in a different way. Do we need to change allocations? Do we need to change things up? And you may be getting bombarded with telephone calls with regard to these headlines that they, they see. Um, fold into that the uh, the run that the market's had as a result of, of Donald Trump being elected as, as the new president. And you've got, again, a you've got a lot on your plate to answer and a lot of calming down in some, some respects to do with your clients. Um, the first thing I like to remind my clients of as it relates to the headline that the Dow has hit a new all-time high is I like to bring them back to the bucket list strategy. The fact that this all-time high is only affecting a portion of their portfolio. Therefore, if they exit the market or enter the market at this high time, it really has only a small effect on their overall portfolio. Reminding them that, of course, the next five years is income that uh, is, is money that we're going to need to invest for safety to provide income that's safe, steady, and secure. The following five years is going to be only marginally more aggressive, um, but relatively again conservative. Buckets three and four are really the ones that are that are that are taking part in the run that we're seeing here, and ultimately the correction that may come. We don't. Uh, we don't know quite when. We know that it will come, but we don't know quite when. And so I'd just like to to remind them of the strategy and the fact that the um, bucket bliss strategy is is really a tool that can keep their emotions at, at, in check through through emotional times like like we're having. One of my favorite stories to to share with a client about the market and, and, and especially about their questions about corrections and about whether we're getting in at the wrong time or the right time or what have you. It relates to my father who, as you guys know if you've read my book, was a university professor, taught finance and investments for nearly 40 years at a, at a university level, um, both graduate and undergraduate level. When my father retired in June June 30th of 2007, he began the rollover process of his, his 401A. That the money rolled over to his IRA on July 13th of 2007 when the S&P 500 was at 1552. Fifteen months later, we experienced October of 2008, which was, as you know, the worst month performance in stock market history. Five months after that, on March 9th, the stock market hit its all-time, or hit its low. In, in this in this in this correction, the S and P 
uh, closed on March 9th at 676. So in the first 20 months of my father's retirement, the market was down 56%. So that's very relevant to, uh, that, that story is very relevant to, to clients that ask you questions today about what they should do given the relative high of the market. Now here my dad was an expert in in that discipline, the discipline of finance and investing. He had taught it for 40 years. Um, and if we, if we look at the timing of his retirement, especially from a sequence of returns perspective as it relates to the longevity of his retirement and the probability that he's going to uh, to outlive his money, he retired at exactly the wrong time, except for the fact that he implemented the bucket bliss strategy. Again, namely, he took his corpus of, of assets, spread it across the four buckets, and while, while buckets three and four were affected by this 56% downturn in the market over the first 20 months of his retirement, he didn't panic. He didn't need to move to cash. He knew that he had five and ten years of income locked down safe and steady. So as a result, here we are now nearly ten years later and my father has more money than he had back in June of 2007 when he when he started this uh, his retirement. So that's a that's a story I really like to tell and and, and if you guys would like uh, to discuss that more, please feel free to comment on our on our blog on or on our via LinkedIn page. Uh, give us some feedback on how we might best support you with with uh, with this this case study. But because my father had put that bucket bliss strategy into place, he did not panic. And and again, that that's uh, because he was my father and also my client. He, I, I was able to talk to him every day through this through this downturn. I was aware of the tendency of some other clients to to sell out, move to cash, and here my father was staying tight. He he really was uh, uh, kind of the north star, if you will, in in my practice during that time frame. Um, I remember being. Uh, on road trips, seeing clients out of state, and and calling him in the middle of this 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 correction, um, and just asking him to tell me that everything was going to be okay. So uh, it was it was really it was really interesting to watch the emotions of uh, your average consumer, and then somebody who again I was why well, was. I was relatively close to, given he was my father, not just a client, but I was, so I was, I was closer to him as a result of, of our relationship there than I was the, my average client. But, but the lessons I learned were, were, were the same. So, um, so I like to tell that story. I like to remind people that while the market is high today, we don't know if it'll be uh, go on a 56 uh, percent decline in the next 20 months but if it does it's okay because we've got a strategy now take this next piece uh, with a grain of salt because as you know as advisors we have the luxury of listening to um, talking heads 
from one end of the spectrum to the other. Everybody from everybody that's that, that subscribes to the uh, the thought that we're uh, we're gonna see a, an apocalyptic meltdown like we've never seen before, all the way to guys that think we are at the beginning of the greatest bull run we've ever seen in, in, in stock market's history. Well, truth be known, we're probably somewhere in the middle, uh, at least I hope. Um, but the policies and some of the set consumer sentiment of the, of, uh, as, as, as it relates to a new president, are really driving these, driving these, uh, these volatile markets, or, or right now the markets, again, continuing to go straight up. Um, but from a fundamental standpoint, and again, I get a lot of my data probably the same place as you do. If you look at the statistics and see where the P.E. ratio is today relative to the historical P.E. ratios of the S&P 500 companies, we're not that much, uh, we're not, we're not that far off from the long-term averages. The long-term averages are between about 12 and 13, uh, 12 and 14 maybe, and we're up in the 16 range right now as a result, as a, as a, from a PE, uh, PE ratio standpoint. So we're not seeing consumers willing to pay exorbitant amounts of money for a dollar of earnings like we were back in in 2007 and even further back into the when the tech bubble burst back in the late 90s early 2000s so so from a fundamental standpoint we see we see PE ratios right in line with uh, the long-term averages we also see companies that have more cash and less debt than they've ever had that's always a good thing uh, not to mention the, that they do in fact have earnings many of the course companies that had these uh, high, high P.E. ratios or not, no P.E. ratios at all, of, of course, didn't have any earnings and so, um, or didn't have strong earnings at that. So because these fundamentals are within historic um, normals, my, I don't have a great fear of a huge correction. Um, you need only look back to when Britain e exited the European Union. Um, happened on a Thursday night by the time everything came in. And Friday the market was down and Monday the market was down. But then we had a huge run on Tuesday and Wednesday the following week and we were right back where we were before, before Brexit. Now, um, during that time, during that time, uh, I jumped on a lot of conference calls with uh, analysts from different fund companies, and and I, I wanted to get as much information as I could. And interestingly, one advisor that was on the phone during one of these um, one of these conference calls asked the economist on the line what this meant to me and my clients today and his answer was nothing that tomorrow won't fix and I thought that was really interesting here we were it was Friday just after Brexit the markets were going wild everybody was assuming the worst and he said uh, again this doesn't mean anything today that tomorrow won't fix 
today this doesn't mean anything that tomorrow will fix. And, and that really kind of calmed us all down. And of course, now hindsight's 2020, but we saw by the following Wednesday, everything was right back in place and, and we have not looked back. It doesn't mean there aren't some issues that, that, that will affect uh, markets going forward. But as a general rule, these, these events like a new president and like Brexit, they, 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 they increase the hype just a little bit and the consumer sentiment seems to, the consumer confidence seems to drive a lot of the emotion in the markets. So that's what I like to remind my clients. First that, again, I watch firsthand um, somebody retire at what would be, what would be uh, termed the exact wrong time to retire, namely right at the height of the market in 2007. But 10 years later, he's got more money now than he started with. Um, the same is true for in investors, clients that are in the market right now. If we are adhering to the bucket list strategy um, and we have a huge correction like we had in 07, 08, uh, and 09, the first part of 09, they are going to be just fine. Uh, those are things that we, again, that uh, the market's seen high numbers before. And, and granted, these they've never been this high. Well, every time they were up, in the past, or in many cases when they were up in the past, they were always at levels that they'd never been before. So um, my, my advice is to just remind them that the strategy is of the utmost importance if they have a belief in the strategy and really uh, adhere to it and let you do your job as the advisor then ultimately everything's going to be just fine. We've essentially taken the emotion out of a very emotional time uh, when we see these markets doing what, they, what they're doing. So hopefully those two anecdotes and, and examples are, are helpful to you as, you as you answer client questions, as you may have questions yourself uh, when you turn on CNBC and see the markets doing what they're doing. Um, I would just advise you to, uh, again, hold fast to the strategy, keep those buckets filled, and, and, and let, let the markets do their thing. Because um, as you've heard me say before, one of the primary, one of the primary reasons uh, bucket blisses exists is that uh, a change in the market today doesn't necessitate a change in income tomorrow. That's, that's very true. That's as true as it'll ever be here in, in, in today's market circumstances. So thanks for listening today. If you want to request a topic for a future podcast or have something to say about this one, head over to our LinkedIn page and leave a comment or question. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, share this episode with your colleagues and other advisors who might find it useful.